Julie. Hey, welcome to Competitive Literature, the podcast where we find out who is smart and who is bad. <laughs> uh, who are we finding out that about? Me, Grace Freud, uh, and my co-host. <laughs> Julie Greiner. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that my ascending vo- voice was tone. I too I was... peppy? Was I too? Did I jump into it with too, with too much vigor? Um, Who knows? Uh, we, there's going to be a crazy possible. energy on this episode. <laughs> we're just zooping around, everybody. Uh, we yeah, we're you know we're having a bit of a tough time. We got our first <laughs> negative review on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, Defense 360. We're sorry. Come on the show. You know, like, yeah. let's, let's, let's figure this it out. out. Let's we're, figure this we're out. We're at a small enough level at this point where we can address individual complaints. Yeah. One day that so, won't be the case. And we, we want to provide perfect customer service. Who is our who are our customers? The world. You yes. know, anyone who listens is a customer. Anyone who considers themselves literature. part of the scientific community, I would say, is part yeah, of our yeah. or liturgical, liter- literary community. Yeah. So, Defense 360, you are our teacher, and we're here to listen. Um, yep. And if you would like would like to come on and give us an, a podcast English literature les- lesson do it yeah. you know whatever wisdom like, you have to impart we are sponges mm-hmm. uh. and this this review is going everywhere in in defense 360's review they said that we shouldn't be allowed within 30 feet of a bookstore or library and mm-hmm. now we're not allowed yeah it, i guess it's just that easy you can yeah. just say that in an apple podcast review and it's and not bam. even like it doesn't feel like a specific force like enforcing it it's just when i get close people know about it and they're like hey Stop right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I get chased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get chased. I've I've been I've been uh, uh, macheted, or I've been <laughs> had a machete brandished at me. I actually there hasn't been contact. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. It's it's been a scary time. So let's smooth this over. Defense three sixty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, come on the show. All right. So <laughs> now that we've addressed that, uh, we are so excited to have our first. Technically returning guest. Um, <laughs> Though you'd Jordan, never know it. <laughs> you, you would never know this, but we recorded an episode with our guest today, Jordan Searles, um, that got messed up because Julie did not record her audio. I, yeah, I described it as I recorded on mute, but if you think about it, that's uh, impossible. So <laughs> yes, it's what really happened is I, I, pressed, I pressed the wrong button. There's two buttons, one that's record and one that's there mute. There is two buttons. And they, there is, yeah. uh, they look similar. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought I had pressed record, but instead I had just pressed mute. So there I was. Egg on my face. <laughs> so now we're back with Jordan. Uh, and this time we're talking about Inside Out by Demi Moore, our first celebrity autobiography. Yes. Uh, excited to get into it. Jordan, welcome to the show. Tell us about, about why this book means something to you. Uh, well, I, I read it over Christmas one year, like pretty recently, where I was like very emotionally messed up and so I was taking the bus from New York down to North Carolina with my fiance's parents and I read the entire book like during that bus ride and then by the time we got to the parents house for Christmas I couldn't stop talking about it which is like it's a really depressing <laughs> book so like it's it's Just hard to be holiday like holiday <laughs> fodder <laughs> 
the, the holiday book. But yeah, I mean, when I was reading it, it um, a lot of Demi Moore's experiences were similar to mine. I mean, like minus the money and the whiteness, like there was a lot of overlap between us and kind of like what we had been through and like for mental health stuff and substance abuse stuff. So uh, it was just like really really relatable and I felt like really like empathetically written I'm sure she had like somebody help her but I mean a lot of her like personal insights are really great so that's just like very deep emotional connection to the book did not expect to care that much about it I was just on the bus looking for something to do (laughs) yeah it's a really beautiful memoir I think a rare memoir about addiction Mm -hmm. that does not present itself as having answers um, for it, you know? I think a lot of times, like Russell Brand's stuff, which I think is, you know, something I read in high school that I think there's, uh, you know, I actually think he's pretty insightful. I still think he's somewhat focused on, like, this is how I got through it. And I think Mm -hmm. Demi is focused on, this is what happened to me this is what I can share about what happened to me. Take it as you will, you know? Um, I think it comes from a very, what she shares comes from a very empathetic place um, for other people that are going through it. Right. And she doesn't like imply that she's the master of her addictions either. Just like. Yes, for sure. 100%. I think she implies that like, I mean, the, pe- the I, 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 she, she was able to recognize the, the people that really helped her get mm-hmm. through um, what she went through. And I think in a smart way where she like, you know, like with Joel Schumacher and whatnot, mm-hmm. she was able to recognize the financial stake they had in her, but at the same time kind of dialectically hold that like that's true but I also think they care about me and I'm going to like recognize that and celebrate it yeah it it seemed helpful for her too I mean we're kind of getting into it already but like it seemed helpful for her too to be able to say like what she valued uh the parts of her career that she valued separately from like how they were perceived or how other people felt about like movies it like it felt like an opportunity for her to be like whatever you think about like I don't know G.I. Jane like this movie helped me and was so powerful for me for this reason it it seemed like she got to kind of take ownership of her career yes Um, 100% but yeah I guess we're already kind of diving in I don't know it's 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 interesting with a biography because it's not like a story I mean it's a story of her life but I don't know it's not like plot points. It's just her life. So I, I, however we want to talk about it, if we just want to talk about parts that were, um, uh, interesting and important to us. Um, Uh, I I mean, I think that, you know, it's, we, I think I, I like a lot of celebrity, um, memoirs, you kind of like part of it is 
the allure of it is getting all of the little details. Oh yeah, so, I mean, where where else? And there's do you a get lot to, of little details. Where else right? do you get to read a book where like the end of a chapter is like, and his name was Bruce Willis? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that is such a gift. Like, that's what you're you're initially going in for is stuff like that, and if, and you're like, when's like the Ashton Kutcher chapters? But, but like, uh, you, you come out with the, more than that. Yeah, beyond well, the big things though. Go ahead, Jordan. Uh, oh, yeah, a uh, uh, Jordan. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's a, no, it's okay. You know, the Ashton Kutcher stuff. I mean, there was so much surprising stuff in it, but finding out like what kind of piece of shit Ashton Kutcher was, which I mean, I already like. It's one of those things where you see a guy in media and stuff, <laughs> and you and you think, okay, he's annoying, and he's probably like a douchebag, but you never really like get the play by play of that. And like, he what just kind of douchebag. <laughs> he just sucks. Like Bruce Willis sucks too, but Bruce Willis sucks in a very honest way where I feel like Ashton Kutcher sucks and like uh, he doesn't think that he sucks. He actually thinks that he's a really great guy kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> Which and is Bruce, a dangerous like, kind of sucking. <laughs> politics aside, Bruce at least like is not like doesn't seem like a garbage person. Like he like was a jerk to her but they still were able to, like, see good in each other and continue to, like... Like, I feel like the fact that, like, he was able to still be there for her in uh, tough times past their marriage um, was, yeah. like, points... For, for me, it was like, oh, points for Bruce. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, with Ashton, it was just like, this guy is, like... A tech CEO without a tech company. (laughs) Although, like, my understanding is he has tried to start a number of companies without... Yeah, oh my god. And that movie where he plays Steve Jobs, like, I watched it right after reading the book, and I was so relieved that it was terrible, because I got to be like, I hate you. I hate you so much. I'm so glad this movie is bad. Yeah, and in a sense, we should thank him for that, because he gave us... (laughs) This platform to just like openly rage at him for a few hours of our day, and like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have to. He didn't have to suck in that movie. Demi Moore is such an interesting character because almost everyone in her life has sucked, but she has such a positive, like, pull away. Yeah. Like, she was like, "That sucked," but you know, I'm still here. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's that kind of like yeah, yoga. She... Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, she essentially is like, yeah, you know, Ashton kind of coerced me into threesomes, cheated on me, told me alcoholism doesn't exist. Oh my gosh. Um, But (laughs) at the end of the day, I'm still thankful for him. Which, wow! (laughs) What a I mean, should we just, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but the fact that by the end of the book, she still loves Ashton and basically like calls her like, calls him like the one that got away, just makes me want so much to come to her room um you know just and just you know six feet apart just be like demi demi please demi yeah, please stop come into her little safe space just, in idaho yeah and just be I like i want to like set her up with a nice guy or girl i want to turn demi more gay i think that would be like some something that we could all work on i think that, that would be woman great for her she met i can't remember her name it was like it started with a Z, but she met this incredible woman on like the set of 
one of her first movies and they really hit it off. So maybe, maybe they can revisit that passion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting to think like, I feel like older generations look at our generation and generations younger than us. And they're like, why is everybody gay? And I would say like, stop looking at it as like, everybody is gay as much as like, I feel like if Demi was like, 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 18 now or 20 now like when that happened um and she met this woman that she felt like that for she'd be like sure let's try some gay shit you know like it would just, like yeah. just like yeah like that possibility is just on the table for a lot of us it's know? not that everyone's like, gay, that gay now it's that you Everyone weren't willing to be gay then gay, you, know? <laughs> yeah. you just did not have that condiment on your table before yeah. and now the now the gay juice is just there for us to sprinkle on whatever interaction we need it for yeah um that could have served her well perhaps um Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so much to talk about. I mean, the fact I guess we're already kind of talking about the two big relationships. I didn't realize that her relationship with Bruce was so quick and so uh, s- serious, I guess, right off the bat, just in the sense that they like had kids and were married pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that was very. They, they... Yeah, that was kind of shocking because I had always just assumed that they had like had this whole like deep connect like they like it, I figured that it was like gradual and it was very much mm-hmm. like a, which I understood it's just like two people who do not come from money suddenly have money get really fucking excited <laughs> yeah. and get married <laughs> Yeah, she emphasized like multiple times, like Bruce loved how money could make every problem go away. Like he was obsessed with it. And like, you know, it's hard to fault him for being obsessed with yeah. it. Yeah, you know, from someone who for the first time is really making, you know, like some money, it, it kind of is true. I mean, it is obviously true, but like, even for like, even when you're not making like millions of like, dollars, yeah, when you're Bruce making Willis like money. $100,000, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about like a lot of things all of a sudden and it is kind of like a, like a bit of like a, oh, it's, it's a bit oh, of a oh, look at my kingdom you know <laughs> you can but, feel like the the distant brainworms in the distance of of what yeah, millionaires starting, and billionaires they're starting to eat into me you know <laughs> they're hard they've yeah, already it's just a little tickle them, right now but yeah yeah but i also come from you know i don't come from any money and uh it is i feel like a unique like because like I guess I'm I'm tripping over my words, but my partner comes from like an upper middle class family and they're pretty good about like, well we should save and we should do this and stuff. And because I came from, you know, like I, I worked since I was fourteen, I had a single mom, we lived in a small apartment. When I get money I'm like I'm gonna have the best <laughs> night of my life. Order, yeah, get a steak and some shrimp, and da, 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 you know, like, yeah. just, I'm like it's not gonna be here forever. Let's spend it now, you know. But. Yeah, it's it's so interesting to watch them have like be so young and have so much money. Yeah, God. <laughs> I, uh, 
<laughs> wild. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. I, I, Should we obviously. summarize it? Summarize the let's book? Let's do some summary. Yeah, let's rising. do some summary. Summary rising. Because we've... Yeah. We, I mean, who who doesn't want to cut to the chase of the Ashton and, and Bruce of it all? But she does have like a, the majority of this is her crazy, like, very <laughs> scarring childhood. Her, yeah. Uh, uh, when she, it's so like her, uh, immediately in the book, it's like my vagina kept puffing up like crazy. Oh yeah. I had to go to the- she has some, some kidney issues. Yeah. <laughs> at first, she doesn't explain, and there's like a few different like euphemisms. And like, Mom teaches her to be like, "Check your cookie and stuff." Yeah. <laughs> there's and a, there's like, a line ah. which, from when she was like eight, where she's like, "My face was red, and my lips were puffing up, and I went into the bathroom immediately to look at my cookie." Yeah. But this time, everything and it's was like, hold up, up hold not up, just what? my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like it's so funny because when I think of a vagina, I'm like cookie, and then I'm like, well, maybe an Oreo, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> maybe. Well, we don't know because you know how like childlike uh, nicknames for people kind of morph over time. Like maybe it started out as like sand Oreo or sandwich cookie, and then it just turned into cookie. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know the lineage yeah, of the yeah. cookie nickname. Yeah. Um, so she, it's like, I mean, cause it, cause it starts like at a certain point in her life as an adult and then it goes back right. and like where it starts is her, I, I, it's so hard to I figure it's out. Post both marriages. It, it, it's post both, but she's like, she's, she's on some kind of drugs and they have to call mm-hmm. like the doctor and like, there's this whole thing where she, she like, she could die and also like. Right. Her, her daughter stopped talking to her and like Bruce stops talking to her and it's this whole thing because like it just it's kind of framed like this is this is how I got here and it, it seems all through kind of like the lens of like trying to repair her relationship with her daughters like I feel like that's what mm-hmm. she, why she wrote it and then while she was writing right. it she was able to like work through everything else like that's it's a whole it's so interesting for some like she's middle-aged but someone so young to be able to look Mm -hmm. at their life and just be like especially like her what i was so struck by was her her, like her understanding of generational trauma like she talks about Mm -hmm. like the stuff like mostly so much of it's about like men and abuse and assault and it she talks about her grandmother dealing with like a a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. She talks about her mom dealing with abuse in a bad marriage and she talks about herself and she just like she keeps on going like backwards and forwards in time with that. Yeah, she's able to carry a lot of anger and a lot of sympathy for like a lot of the relatives in her I mean her parents pretty much primarily. Um but yeah, you can see her kind of work through every emotion with them and understand them and also be able to say you know this thing they did was not okay and I don't know if I was able to say that at the time but I know now it was like fully not okay and then also kind of talk about you know at the end of their lives like being able to care for them and it's it's she goes through a lot like like you said like through the process of writing this it's so clear that she worked through things on multiple levels (laughs) I could see, I felt like, I, like you said, Jordan, uh, I can't relate to her massive wealth. Um, 
I guess I can relate to her whiteness, but I can't relate to, like, her privilege in other areas. Um, but I kind of felt like I was looking into the future with some of her meditations on uh, intergenerational trauma and being able to hold love and anger in, in different hands. Because, you know, I, I had a childhood with, with some similarities in what happened. And it is so difficult when you realize, like, this was horrible. This was a horrible way that I was mm-hmm. treated. To be able to be like, but I still hold love for this person, you know? Especially because nowadays, I think we're often told, you shouldn't. And But it's oftentimes a more complicated answer, you know, which I think she illustrates really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Her stuff with her mom, which I really, I really hadn't... That was just something that I never heard of. I didn't know anything about Me that. Either. We don't, I feel like we don't learn, like, we think about stars and we think about, like, oh, where'd they go? Why aren't they working? Blah, blah, blah. And we don't think about, like, the exterior stuff like what if their marriage isn't doing well what if there's something going on with their parents like we don't think about like oh he didn't do three movies like he he passed what is he doing ruining his career and it's like no like like, how is he he's just (laughs) like he's reading some books man he's just hanging out trying to heal so yeah so much of Demi Moore's stuff makes me think about that and also just the fact that she was you know one of like the biggest sex symbols in film for a bit and Mm -hmm. how like basically how like she never asked for that and she's very clear about it not just in a way where it's like um you know I have no idea why people it wasn't like that it was just like she was just like she's just Every time you see her, like, read about her working on a movie, she's just trying to do the work. Like, everything right. else comes later, and she's just like, what is, what is this shit <laughs> that people are yeah. saying? Yeah, there's so many moments throughout the book where she's making a movie, or even just doing that uh, photo shoot, for, was it Vanity Fair, where she's like, oh, I, didn't, the, the I, vanity- I don't think I fully understood the context of like how it was going to be received until it was received and it meant something different to her before and during and after like um and even though like during this this photo shoot where she ends up being you know naked and pregnant on the cover like I think she was empowered when she was doing it and she hoped that it would be a powerful image but she had no idea that it would be like so singularly associated with her and like such cause such like a stir and add to this legacy of her being like a sex symbol and someone whose like body is very prominent in her in her body of work like yeah you know i didn't even think of uh that when we were when i was diving into the book that that image but i can immediately as she mentioned it i could pull it up in my head you know like that's so iconic yeah that's wild to have one picture like be so associated with you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I it hadn't even occurred to me, and I feel like people don't. I mean, the thing is also is that people don't respect Demi Moore as an actress. And after I read this book, I was like, I'm going to go mm-hmm. back. I'm going to watch everything. I'm going to look at it because I feel like she's one of those people who you turn on the movie and you're not thinking 
she wasn't really described as an actress, you know? She was kind of described mm-hmm. as a face and as a body. And reading and reading and realizing, like, how excited she was about things. Like, she really, really wanted to make G.I. Jane. She really, really wanted yes. to make striptease. Like, these were projects that she was really excited about. And she... And it's all, and it's clear that she. I I feel like we make fun of like girl power now, and even I do that a lot. But mm-hmm. the thing about Demi Moore is that like she is from a generation where, like, it's not that they didn't have the language; it's just that they didn't. Like culturally, it wasn't acceptable to have the language. So there's so much in the book where, like, I wouldn't call Demi more a feminist, and I don't think that she would call herself one. But there's mm-hmm. so much stuff in here that makes it seem like she was trying to do empowering work, and it right. just kept on coming off the wrong way, and she could right. never really figure out why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, it, like you said, it wasn't a condiment on the table um, um, that was able to be used. Oh, one thing about G.I. Jane that I just remembered that I must not leave um, undiscussed is that was empowering to me. It was um, she, she didn't have to include this detail, but she said she trained and like got her body fully, you know, she was bulked up for that movie and it was empowering for her and, you know, difficult in a lot of ways because she struggled with body issues. But she did mention that um, no matter how hard she worked, she could never do a pull-up. And I was so glad she said that because <laughs> I was like, it's just we, 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 we're not supposed to do pull-ups, you know? <laughs> like, it made me feel amazing it's, that I've never done a pull-up. Pull-ups are terrifying. Like, They're I was in... real. I was in JROTC. That's a thing I did almost mm. during the military. It's very embarrassing. Um, so you have to do these like fitness tests. And if you can't do a pull up, you have to do this thing called the flexed arm hang where you have to like, oh, yes. you have to like keep your head above the bar. You just have to see how like, and you're holding like this and you just have to, to keep your head. And it's just like, it's, it's, hell <laughs> yeah it's the worst it's, and she oh she was just straight up That's like just, no <laughs> this is not what bodies do and i was as buff as i will guys, ever be and it was impossible so don't worry about it <laughs> this is why you just should walk away from the gym class that's what i did <laughs> just walk to a different part of the school and hide and wait for it to be over uh and then get a note from your doctor like last last minute yeah Uh, that's a strategy there's uh if any kids are listening to this which i don't know if you should be um (laughs) but i don't want to rule rule your life i'm not gonna 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 tell you what you're gonna do but uh just uh you can almost certainly get out of gym class if you make enough of a fuss about it yes uh so yeah just do do that be be Be, loud be the disruptor Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) Disrupt gym class, children. <laughs> um, another aspect of her career that felt uh, we were kind of talking about, like things that were defined differently than she ever intended them to be. And another part that I found really interesting was talking her talking about um, being labeled as part of the brat pack and like hating it, um, and just not really jiving with the way that that whole friend group or period of her life was interpreted. Cause she was like, I certainly wasn't getting up to no good or anything like that. She, Cause it, particularly at that time she was struggling with she, some uh, substance abuse issues that she was like 
getting on top of. <laughs> well, yeah, she was like not part like when she described her relationship with Emilio Estevez, I was just like what like it just sounded mis <laughs> it just sounded miserable. <laughs> like it just it, like and Emilio Estevez is not by far the worst. Like he's not even particularly bad compared to all of the other guys in the book. It, it like, just sounds like ugh. But, but he just sounds like he sucks. Like he reminds me of like the kind of that one time I was trying to date a guy and he just like gave me like a stack of books that he wanted me to read before yeah. we talked again. Like that's <laughs> that is what Emilio like, Estevez. <laughs> I think it's like in Gilmore Girls or something. There's like a creepy family they go over to to dinner with that's like from Yale and Rory's like trying to get into Yale and they all just go around the table doing like popcorn pop quizzes of like ancient history and that's it felt like that. It was like oh, annoying. It, <laughs> oh, it sucks. Oh, it sucks. Just those those super serious families just Ugh, just yeah. all fucking watching the They're West like every, Wing. Every moment's an opportunity to learn. Uh, I, I think I think he should that that she should have married him, because like <laughs> imagine being married to the star of Mighty Ducks. <laughs> She, um, I don't think she was like, thinking clearly, she, or she would have yeah, thought the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that was a bad decision on her part. <laughs> but I'm not saying he was a good guy, I'm just saying, think of, think of the... Think of the ability to the, say the, that, that. Yeah, that I, like... It would be, um... And then we could have gotten way more Mighty Ducks content in this book, so... <laughs> Mighty Ducks. She, yeah, it's, so much of the book also is just that like her working with directors and them telling her to change her body and then it freaking her out and then she has there's so much of that and it's so weird because like when we think about sex symbols we think about like it's like they just show up and the movie is like made around them and it's not that and also just that like even though she was considered one of the most beautiful women in the world she would talk to these like fucking schlubby directors and they would just be Mm -hmm. like oh like they would just be like, lose weight or gain weight. Like, I remember one, like, there was always people telling her to lose weight, but then there was one director who was just like, you're too skinny, you need to be soft yeah, you- to, like, a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. that, I it's, just... It's just, it's no wonder she uh, ran the gamut of, like, pretty much, you know, starvation, binging, like, over-exercising. Like, she went through periods of all of those things. And that's totally a control thing. Because it would have been fine for her to stay the same way. Like, it, it, it really isn't an art thing at all. It's not like, like fucking Christian Bale and the machinist, you know? Like, where he had to, like, story reasons look like a fucking husk, you know? Like a skeleton. But, like, it's 100% just totally a fucking, like... Ooh, you're gonna be in my movie. Well, then gain thirty pounds and lose sixty, and then gain twenty again, and yeah. we'll then we'll start the show. You know. And I mean, you can still see, even as she's worked through a lot of it, like, uh, you can see that it's still in her, like that ingrained. Um, it's 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 still there because I remember at one point she she's talking about how a director had asked her to lose weight, and as she's talking about it, even she's like. Um, you know, to be fair, I wasn't a leading w- lady weight at that point. So, and, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not like trying to jump on her and be like, oh, you need, there's more work to do. But it's like, it's like, even at this point, she's still working through like, 
she still has expectations in her brain of like what she was supposed to look like at that point, even though it was probably like, yeah, Demi, have you ever heard of a little lady named Melissa McCarthy? (laughs) Come on, get with the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, it was, th- people would ask her to like gain and lose weight for like movies that it wouldn't make any sense. Like, and right. it's just like for like indecent proposal. I'm just like, she's, she's, she's her. Also, yeah. like, <laughs> what are we? What? Is, what does she have to change? And also for the ghost thing about how like she cut oh, her hair yeah. and then it like it wasn't womanly, and the director was freaking out because she had short hair. I'm just like, yeah, who was... the fuck are these people, man? It was such a thing of like, well, well we're we're going to make it still, but I won't be happy about it. I think bad directors need need to look like they're doing something. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Bad directors don't know how to do the things that directors should do, right? Which is, you know, manage production efficiently, um, have a clear creative vision. So bad directors spend a lot of time, I think, probably nitpicking that sort of they thing. They pick things that everyone can yeah. see, and they're like, I am going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's good directors too, but I think that it's the it's I think it's a sign of insecurity, you know. So they can be like, "Well, the movie didn't work because Demi's hair was in a bob or like just a short or like how dare she, you know?" Yeah, she, she, her whole like I don't even know how to her childhood because it was just like I was just thinking we should say something about it. It's just yeah. like. Her parents, like... It was kind of bad. Yeah, maybe it we was... can talk <laughs> about, yeah. like, her parents, like, just her relationships with both of her parents, because they both are kind of their own uh, tangle her... of, of things. Her parents are so exhausting. They're, her parents are, like, those movies about, like, those white people or white-passing people who are just, like, fucking in despair just constantly and nobody (laughs) has any... And that's just the whole thing and it's just, like, two hours of just... Yeah, it's just People hating (laughs) hating each other and, like, fighting and fucking and breaking up and then coming back and then, like, going to each other in desperation and nobody having any sense of stability. The fact that they just kept on fucking moving, I got angry every single fucking time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a whole part of it was, like, the the game of it all to them, like, how it was a lot of, like, just strategizing against each other. They both had their own issues, her mom and her dad, but to, like together they were also an issue because they they liked to maneuver against each other they liked to break up or like push each other to break up or move away from like affairs and things like that and she talks about how they um oh my god brought out this like they were like each other's purpose but their purpose was to like ruin each other yes they almost yeah i was just like Okay, so he's having an affair, so you're going to move to another city mm-hmm. to get away from the affair. And it's like, he's just going to have another affair. Mm-hmm. And it's almost just like, he could just leave her, but he doesn't want to because, like, making her feel like shit is better. I don't... What? Yeah. Well, they were both treating it like a disease. Like, honey, 
I've got an affair. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, to, to, to fix your illness, did. we'll have to go <laughs> to the did. country. Yeah, they know? took the old fashioned, like, go for a walk by the seaside. Like, <laughs> like let's get out to different air. You need to take out, yeah, you need to take in the air, take a, yeah. take a turn in the park. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little a, walkabout. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> we can just, we can just walk away from your constant need to stick your dick into things we can just it looks yeah. like he's walking his dick is coming with him like he's gonna use yes. it in the same yeah so he was doing his thing where he was just like terrible with money because i kept on thinking so many times that the job that he has he should be able i can't even remember his job but i was like whatever job th- wasn't he a professor he was like or, a writer. Uh, a writer. He was, uh, he was an ad guy for newspapers for a while, at least, yeah. yeah. He did a lot of things. He was involved with the mafia a little bit. He was involved, <laughs> like, every single time, but every once in a while he would get a job that seemed stable, and then he would just, like, fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. mom's whole thing was, like, insecurity, depression... Um, need for validation, I guess. Need for validation. Like, it's... She... Yeah, they... Uh, they talk... They talk about how she made many attempts on her life um, many, many times over yeah. the course of uh, Dem- Demi's life. And, like, the the first time it happens is very significant for her, but it's, like, it becomes so upsetting how insignificant it becomes after a certain point um because she walks in on her father trying to stop it the first time and it sort of puts her into like dissociation mode for the first time and and just like sets her up to like basically expect that that could happen at any time and it it does a lot throughout the rest of her life and uh she's she handles it every time but it just becomes like a routine to her more than anything uh, else and like a, a way for her to be like okay I can handle anything like she, she, that's how she kind of has to look at it after a certain point. Um, it's just like every time it happens, she feels like, okay, I've proved to myself I can handle this, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> just. Uh, yeah. I think as a kid seeing your parent threaten to kill themselves is like divorce times a million. Right? right like it's like it's like you're blaming yourself for the idea of their death and i think that just sticks with you you know when they do eventually die you're like well right me all right cause of death me you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> so that yeah write it down coroner um <laughs> lock me up send me to jail um but yeah, that's. I I think that's something that de- definitely stuck with her, and um. And there's also maybe. Qu- oh, go ahead. Oh, just maybe questions of like, my material circumstances are so different than my mother's, and yet I'm facing similar problems, mm-hmm. and that I think it can be a really hard demon to face. Yeah, yeah. Her, 
Her compassion for her, her, the stuff with her mother, I think, was the some of the stuff that I dealt with, like, that was, like, most relatable to me. And, I mean, like, I, I love that they made amends before the end of her life, and I know that her mother's life, but that was so, that whole saga, I mean, and also reading it just made me feel, like, glad that I made up with my mom, not because I think that my mom is a great person or anything, but just because, like... Uh, to carry that around, I just didn't right. want to carry it anymore. And yeah. yeah, and she spent so much of her life carrying it. Yeah, yeah, it is a great like part of the book where she starts to be able to like get rid of that weight <laughs> um, mm-hmm. after so long and spending so much time, you know, in her own words, like trying to are waiting for her parents to kind of be parents um, in ways that they're never going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that is a, a lifelong wait until you let it go. And I think she dives into the, to how like that colors other relationships too and expectations, right. like waiting for a partner to become a better partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, Whole, being able like eventually looking at it holistically was super important. Yeah. Um, her dad also, if I remember correctly, dies by decapitation. <laughs> Is that right? He's like yeah. driving one night and uh, yeah, I just remember her introducing that detail early on and just like the chaos with which he kind of enters and leaves her life <laughs> is really like it's it is like sort of like a movie like it's it's wild how many situations in her life are not just sort of like internally or like quietly like they are just out loud full-on like she (laughs) like the thing with uh her mom leaving her in the apartment with that man yes there's a man that comes into her life that is i think a friend of her mom's or maybe they even just meet in a restaurant but um he becomes a fixture in their life for a short period of time. And at one point she comes home and he is in the house, clearly has been given a key and she is assaulted by this man. Um, and later on, he makes it very clear that this was something that was, uh, at least in part kind of okayed by her, her mother. We don't know how much her mom knew. There was mo- um, there was money involved. Oh, yeah, 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 right. So there was money involved. We don't know what the conversation was, and I, I'm sure I'm... I mean, I'm willing to bet it was pretty clear what was going on Um, it's yeah it it doesn't sound very ambiguous to me so (laughs) no Um, no it does not she but yeah (laughs) go ahead oh no that time in her life is i mean so many times in her life but that time in her life specifically is wild like her like hanging out with natasia kinski who honestly that was like Th- that was like a fucking Avengers setup there because Natasha Kinski yeah. also has like a lot of the same 
issues. And so them yes. just running into each other and then her being like, oh my God, Natasha, she's like so confident and like right. so beautiful. And like, I want to be more like her. And I'm just sitting here just like, I remember the way that Natasha Kinski was sexualized in the 70s and 80s. Like I wasn't there, but like I, right. re- I remember reading about that and it was not good. <laughs> right, like she's good. just like, oh, she's this actress who's like the muse of this guy roman polanski like it's just yeah it's wild how a lot of things converge at that time in her life um and i don't know how much they talk at the time i think they meet up a long time later and are just kind of like they they just have this moment of of yeah uniting well, like, it seems like... I, I was struck by the fact that Demi does seems like a nice person who never seems to have any friends. Like, yeah. her... Especially... And it's, and it's kind of sad because you can feel, like, this kind of thirst for friends, like, while you're reading it. Like, yeah. she's a very thirsty person, which is fine. I'm a thirsty person. I understand. Like, but she's, <laughs> like... She, like, I remember reading, like, later in the book where she's just, like, Drew Barrymore, like, came and she was, like, you gotta, you gotta be in, you gotta be in the second Charlie's Angels movie. And she was just so touched (laughs) to just have lunch with Drew Barrymore, just to have a conversation with a a woman. Yeah, a woman reach out and be like, I like you and I want to put you in this movie because I like you as a person. (laughs) Like, it it was was like, you can tell how excited she was about that. And it made me so mm-hmm. sad because she was like flirting by then. <laughs> well, she I, she kind of talks about that too. How like I mean, how could she not be have a hard time forming friendships when she moves like nineteen times in a in a year? Like, yeah. it, th- these are the kinds of things that last with her throughout her whole life, um, where she's just like kind of not. Op- I don't I don't even know that she's not open. It's just that sh- how could she possibly know how to have casual friends. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's hard for her to make friends. It seems like the people she's most friends with are like her boyfriends, her boyfriends, her husbands, like those seem to yeah. become her best friends and then she'll lose her best friend and then she'll be looking for another best friend and then it just like keeps on cycling through. And even when she has kids, she treats her kids like they're her friends too. Mm-hmm. That's I a mean- common trauma thing too, I think. Like not being able to parent like just being able like having that need for that communion and companionship and and putting it on your kids you know putting it putting it on anyone you can in your life and she describes her relationship with her mom as like the closest thing she could compare it to was more like they were girlfriends than anything else when when it was good it was like they were friends not necessarily like a mother Oh yeah, daughter, and there were no there were no conversations about like because there's we didn't even like really talk about the the wild like divorce kind of situation where what happens is her dad just leaves with her brother one day I believe yep he he sure does um, and that's just kind of how they settle that he like he he finally leaves if he can take like the brother with him and. Um, that there's so much to process all at once there because it's a divorce, it's the loss of her brother, and it's the idea that her dad, when leaving, was like, "I don't, I want this this child. I don't want to go with this other child of mine." Um, 
And yeah, she talks because she's so she's on her own with her mom after that. And she talks about how there's no like planning for the future. Like when they are uh, on good terms, it's just we're hanging out kind of. There's no expectation that she's going to help her build the next part of her life. She just kind of Demi has to figure that out on her own. Yeah. And I feel like she got with because, God, she was with I she was with two guys before mm-hmm. uh, uh, before Bruce or more than one. And she was married to one of them. She was she was Freddie. Yeah, she was yeah. married to Freddie, and then and she was young. It was like an eight. 18 yeah, she yeah, she was eighteen. Yeah, and then she she cheats on him eventually, and then ends up with another guy. Who, do you guys remember who the next guy was after she cheats on Freddy? I'm trying to remember, but I know she, like, cheated on Freddy before they got married. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it was, like, I think it was, like, a pretty regular part of that relationship. And also, didn't Freddy, like, like when they broke up, didn't he start, like, dating, like... <laughs> like a 12-year-old? Yeah, like a 13-year-old girl. And then Demi was yeah. just like, Jesus. oh, it's... Uh, he was... Demi was just like, oh, it's fine. They're still married today. Yeah. And it's just, that's what she said. Like, she's like, well, she they're says, still married, so it's fine. Yeah, I think she says, um, I think he was like her guitar teacher or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. She she muses on that relationship. Is like, well, they're still together. And also, you know, I feel like I did sense a vibe. Like, with them she, I sense a vibe yeah. with this 13. I mean, that's the other thing about Demi Moore. It's just that, like, she has, like, no, like, in terms of sex, for it seems like for a long time she had no concept of, like, right and wrong. She was just like, this is this is fine. If they're happy, it's fine. If they're not happy, it's not fine. And then just like, and she has that rule for herself too. Like she's just so, there was so much where she, it's almost just like she assumed a kind of agency and, and like people who didn't really have it. And she also assumes that she had agency that she didn't really have either. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's fascinating to read it and, there's things that she's yeah picked up on and has processed, and then there's other things outside where it's like, oh, you're not even in this this part she, of it. She's <laughs> kind of like this kind of person. I just I just want to just like sit with her for a long time, and I want to talk about yeah. things, and I want to and I want to give her something written by bell hooks, and I just want to like <laughs> <laughs> I just really want her to because there are so many things that she like things that she like takes responsibility for that she really doesn't need yeah. to and she beats herself up so much which like relatable but like it's just yeah describing her I, film I, career it's just like she's just like trying to please everyone she runs into every movie just like i'm trying to make everyone happy and it's so it's i'm just like reading it i'm just like stressed out for her yeah like when um when there's starting to be tension with her and bruce because she hadn't been doing movies really for the first part of um, their relationship because she was pretty instantly pregnant. Like when she finally does a movie, I remember he like they're talking about her schedule and she's she shares this conversation where he was like immediately like, oh, this isn't going to work. Like as soon as he starts to hear like her talking about like, well, I'll be here and then we'll like the kids will be here. He's like, no, 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 this won't work. And then the way she describes that working out is like she's like, well, I was committed to this. So I worked out a schedule where it was like we would see each other this much time we would 
the kids would always be in like a certain place at a certain time and we would still be a family, but she had to work so hard to well, make that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like he met her, like they fell in love really quickly. She got pregnant really quickly and they loved having kids. They kept on getting pregnant, which like, yeah. I really appreciate the honesty. It's just like, we just want kids and Demi just being very openly, which I think is really cool. She's just like, I like being pregnant and I think it's weird that I'm not supposed yeah. to like being pregnant. Like I, <laughs> like this is something that I enjoy and maybe it's also just like, I don't know, partially being pregnant allows her to relax in a way that she really can't in any other situation like because it's like her body yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah and it's just like she's just like she i mean her liking her pregnant belly i love this idea like when you look back on it it doesn't really make any sense but this idea that it's like arrogant for her to think that she's hot while pregnant when it's really just like she enjoys being pregnant and thinks that she's hot while pregnant and this idea that it's like well, yeah. a, that it's like this like bitchy like star thing and not just like like not a lot of women feel that way <laughs> like we should be supporting yeah. her and feeling this way <laughs> and she also makes the point of like why is it so radical to like be sexy and pregnant when like their pregnancy literally is the product of like sex like for like it is there's it's not a like a chaste thing to be pregnant i think it should be sexy and cool for people to walk around covered in cum right (laughs) oh yeah no anything that's a product of sex it's like ba-boom 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 you know yeah I, I will say, I think, you know, now that I've been thinking about it, I think I know who to set Demi more up with. Because um, <laughs> last weekend, a friend of M's, M is my partner, told them that they had been contacted by a, by someone they knew in high school who, uh, like, initially messaged uh, M's friend Svaya uh, to say, condolences on your dead friend. Nice. Good thing to do. <laughs> Good um, but then was like, I've been exploring my sexuality, and Spia was like, thought that he was gonna come out, and was like, oh, I'm like, I support you. I'm glad that you're doing that. And then he was like, yeah, I only find pregnant women sexually. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a whole. There he is. <laughs> uh... so I think I think he would be the perfect match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They just are on the same page. She might just have to get pregnant again first. Yes, which might be a problem according to what she wrote about her and Ashton's quest. Oh, oh my yeah. god. To have a baby together. It is absolutely yeah. It is absolutely wild that Bruce Willis is like, I don't want you to work anymore after she gets pregnant. It's like they're both actors, but it was like, I don't know, it's very like uh stereotypical male misogyny yeah. where it's just like well my career is like it's really what's popping in the streets right now yeah, and for, like yours isn't so could you right. <laughs> for, for two people who met at like i don't know if it was like an awards ceremony or red car i think it was a red carpet for one of her movies like that's such a traditional like it, it all goes back to the same place mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um he's people still have these expectations um, of what their family will look like, even if they met in like the brat pack or whatever. I guess he wasn't in the brat pack, but he had his own. 
He had his own another group. His whole group. I remember. I think it was like John Goodman. John Goodman, Woody Harrelson, and like I can't remember who else. And just this idea of just like them all just chilling. That's yeah. That's the brat pack. (laughs) It really was something like that. I don't remember what they called themselves. They were just Um, man, just. Dad, like dad, dads in training. <laughs> those, yeah, those just three like people who came out of the womb, dads. <laughs> yeah, like John Goodman, just total like archetype for dad. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oh man, uh, I want to sit on his lap, even though I'm fully grown. You know, yeah. and not in a sexual way. Just yeah, like, just like, hey, John, I need some for advice. a pep talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear him call me sport. Oh, my yeah. God. Would love for that. Love him to call me sport. Uh, that would be incredible. Yeah. So uh, the Bruce stuff is so... Uh, their whole the thing... Stuff, with, the Ashton stuff, all of it. The uh, Well, Ashton. Okay, so the thing about Ashton... Ashton made me the angriest. Like I, like, I mean, there's so many reprehensible people in the book, but, like... Ashton. Well, because she just like, she's, he's just one of those, he's such a fucking liar. He's such a fucking cad. Like, he's one of, like, and I've seen this kind of archetype before, like, where it's like a younger guy he's with an older woman, and he's just like, wow, I'm gonna make you feel. It's not what he, he's not saying it, but you can tell everything right. that he's what rating. Wow, I'm gonna make you feel so sexy because I am young and hot, and I have this power to give you so much confidence, but it's also like mm-hmm. he can take it away. <laughs> yeah. And, and he knows yeah. that he can take it away, and it just makes him a fucking scumbag, man. And, yeah, the importance, yeah, there's just that part where he lies to her and tells her that, like, another actress didn't want her to be on set or something of this movie he's filming. And then she finds out because she, like a normal person, is, like, feels so horrible that she would have made this other woman uncomfortable. And so she's like, I have to apologize to this woman. (laughs) And then that that woman's, I don't remember which actress it was, but her agent is like that's not something that was ever requested by my client. <laughs> I know the movie was called spread and the actress oh. was Anne Hayes. She said, and Anne Hayes doesn't, doesn't want you on set. <laughs> and it's just like, Anne Hayes, like <laughs> of all people. <laughs> um, but yeah, that movie, that movie that no one cares about spread that movie that takes up so much <laughs> space in the book it's just spread like when i say that does that even sound like a movie does that sound like something did you know that Anne like was trying to get into stand-up like a year and a half before the pandemic started Uh, wow (laughs) like she was doing she was like this is off topic but she was doing like la alternative comedy shows to like try, just try to try to get it. Get no time like the present, yeah. right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Always time to become part of the alt LA comedy scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever let the door close on that. Yeah, there's, it's That's never wild. too late. But uh, more Ashton, just this whole like, I'm gonna be a stepfather to your daughters, yeah, and I'm gonna just like just making all of these promises, and honestly, just coming off really like 
control. <laughs> he comes off like really controlling, but in a different way than Bruce. Like, well, Bruce is like kind of like controlling. Ashton's like, yeah. a, well, this well, is how it's going to be. And then when he finally does want out, it's in that annoying, just like infuriating way of like, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna kind of passively make things so bad that we'll break up at some point like you'll get mad at me and (laughs) leave like he he doesn't say anything the whole time they're trying to like maybe adopt until it gets real and they they have a real opportunity and he's like oh actually I I don't I've been kind of out on this for a while I can't fucking believe that he would let just go through the entire process knowing that he didn't want to be with her anymore the entire time Mm -hmm. I would want to wring his fucking neck I want to wring his neck this this fucking guy man like telling her that she's like weak for you know dealing with trauma like because she has like a whole like trauma breakdown like when they have the miscarriage and I oh, and right. I hate yeah. yes the miscarriage well because like they, that's why they got married because they they were gonna get married because she was pregnant and then she had a miscarriage and then Ashton basically was just like he basically thought that them going through with the wedding would fix everything but he didn't want to do any work for that he just thought that the wedding was just gonna do it and that they were just gonna move on and then when she like started drinking and doing drugs again he just like didn't really have any empathy for what it would be like to lose a child in that way. And right. just the fact that, like, he just, like, posits himself as, like, this big grown-up in their relationship, this, like, big, like, almost, like, weirdly, like, little patriarchal figure, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, like, the, he's the, the responsible yeah, like, guy he, holding everything together. <laughs> right, and then he just fucking can't deal with the miscarriage. Like, I know that he was young, but it's like, I, you know what, it's just like, this is a woman, I just feel like he must have known on some level that she was a woman that you had to be really, really serious about if you're gonna be with, and he wasn't yeah, serious, I mean, and then he lied in, about it. In theory, they, he, they, she talks about the start of their relationship being like these long conversations where she ta- tells him like these things that she's not told a lot of people. So he doesn't, it, it's like he knows everything. Like he, he should be able to contextualize like what she's going through at least a little bit. And he doesn't even like get come close. It's not like he doesn't know the history of like her, her family life and like some of the things she carries with her. He knows these things. But he just really isn't able to, like, put himself in that position. And he's not he's not willing to do the work to, like, be in the relationship with her when it's hard. And then he's also not willing to do the work of ending the, the relationship because it is, like, you have to do work to, like, end something in a way that doesn't, you know, fuck the other person over. <laughs> um, yeah, and he doesn't yes. do that. He just kind of, like, ghosts out of it by cheating and letting it I- come out in the papers. He almost acts like she is an employee of sorts, you know, or like just like a fixture in his life that he has like done a lot for and should just kind of like, you know, chip her up and just be what he needs her to be in the moment, like kind of mm-hmm. like a, a multi-tool. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he, he is his fixes are always just like, well... We could do a threesome, which would, you know, like fix things. And, you know, it's definitely not because I want to have a threesome. It's because it'll it'll really make things work, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. She. Oh my god! And also, we haven't talked at all about like her collections, her her collecting that happens. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She starts to fill some voids in her life with some toys. (laughs) She gets really into toys, man. She's so relatable. And we we do mean literal toys. We mean (laughs) like like children's toys. toys. Um, and it's well, it's kind of like well, now I have the money for it. Yeah. You know, now I now I can do this. Like, yeah. And she give me some hot mo- hot wheels. Yeah, she missed the, out <laughs> on the hot wheel portion of her life, kind of, while her you know parents were going through horrible things, and her just like the divorce was happening, and she was coming home to her mom like in distress half the time. So she's like, I'm gonna buy some freaking hot wheels. I'm gonna buy some Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> oh yeah she yeah because she's one of those moms who's like very lonely and it's like my kid is my friend and we play together and it's like okay right. when but when the kids like aren't around or even when the kids are she's like she's got to play i've got to i've got to play <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's for her we, we gotta wake up and play for her <laughs> um yeah and she how many she has three daughters yeah. 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 Um, rumor, Tallulah, and Scout. Oh, yes. That's right. Okay. Three great names. Just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Crushed it every names. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it's especially heartbreaking, this kind of relationship she has with her kids to see, you know, that point that we reach that is the opening of the book where they're like all not talking to her and there's... It's so so sad. It's it's so. Do you so... guys think? Oh. oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you guys think that, like, like the like kids today, are like, why the fuck is Ashton Kutcher famous? Because the <laughs> '70s show, that '70s show, is not on any streaming service. Is it, it doesn't not? air in reruns. It's been totally well because of Danny Masterson. Oh, yeah. Because that guy's a big serial predator. Yeah. So, like, I wonder if some kids, like, see news about Ashton Kutcher and are like, who? Like, I mean, I, like, I get they're probably like that about, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I get they're probably like that about a number of celebrities, but, like, I would have thought, like, at, like that 70s show was such a big part of, like, my childhood mm-hmm. and teenage yeah. years, and now it's just, you know, blinked away. Yeah, it just doesn't it, exist. I hate it. Like, for that 70s show and Roseanne did that to me, and I'm just like, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? I mean, Roseanne came back, but I don't I don't know what that show is. I do not watch. I don't know her. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, just uh, Roseanne ruining Roseanne sucks. Also, Danny Masterson was a char- played a character that I that had like a guest spot on Roseanne that I was that I had a big crush on. It that ruined it. Like uh, Danny, Danny fucking Masterson, man. I blame him for. <laughs> I blame betrayal. him for everything. He, I, Trust issues. Yeah, I, he was kind of hot in that seventies shit. <laughs> he was. Like, he had like. I was so I was so into him. I mean, I thought that it was bullshit when they reveal that he's black, and it was just like, in what world? Oh yeah, um, yeah but yeah. like, <laughs> God, I hadn't even. I, it's been so many years since I've seen seen that seventies show. I totally forgot that storyline. Yeah, that, that he finds. Like, oh my god! That he finds out that he's black, and suddenly he has a I black sister a who who dates Kelso and Tim Reed. 
is is his dad the dad wow. from sister sister was also supposed to be Danny Masterson's dad <laughs> like it's so that's, that's wild it i watched my experience of that 70s show was like my my ex-boyfriend like loved it and so he would have me watch it when i came over to his house <laughs> but i didn't like watch it myself so i i know bits and pieces and i skipped over that whole plot arc <laughs> I well, it happens at the end when they do other weird shit, like put Jackie with Fez, the Jackie and the Jackie and Fez relationship, which I think is the relationship that they end on. Like Jackie goes from Kelso mm. to wow. um, Hyde to Fez. Like he just, she just gets everybody except for Eric, and it's so mm-hmm. wow. And now she's with. <laughs> and now she's Kitchen. with Ashley. You know, that I really realize. annoys me because, well, because like she got on the show by lying about her age. So she was right. like only like 13 or 14 when the show started. And just to, the fact that she married somebody who was like there when she was like just like yeah. at the beginnings, it just grosses me out. That's like your dad. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like that. Like, I know yeah. the age gap isn't huge, but it's just weird. It'd you be sh- like... Like, if you're still going through puberty when you meet someone, there's a weird energy that's like, there. That's like if there's I, like, married my middle school teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some uh, weird vampire daughter from Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... Ashton just imprinted on her. <laughs> yeah, Ash- Ashton imprinted on her right then and there on the set. <laughs> I was I was really, really gunning for because she was engaged to Macaulay Culkin for a long time. I was really gunning for the Mila Kunis Macaulay Culkin marriage. And now that Macaulay I, Culkin is with Brenda Song. Brenda, he, I mean, he. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He popped up on that show that she that that Hulu show that she's on Dollface. He was he showed up in an episode, and I was like, oh, this is because they're dating. Well, you know, whatever floats your boat. Anyway, I. Personally, I feel I want better for Mila, and I I want their relationship to end in divorce. And I <laughs> I hate Ashton so much. I don't want him to be happy. Also, he's like uh, responsible for some like anti-sex work kind of shit yeah, going a on. Lot of anti-sex work. He's like helped fund like anti-sex work technology. Yeah, a real active role in, in this. Yeah. So, and he just thinks I, that he's like yeah. making the world better. He he's saving people from trafficking, but he's like really hurting a lot of women too yeah god he sucks mila is listening to this and will kind of yes mila please process some things um mila Mila. i think all the other culkins are taken Hmm. but she can you know there's another family i was actually surprised that they all ended up being straight (laughs) the culkins (laughs) did i was just like this is weird <laughs> yeah, who knew? I think Kieran has a daughter now. Kieran, yeah, Kieran has a wh- whole wife and like daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have half a wife. It's not just your daughter. <laughs> it's, it's the He's whole a honey. regular family man just coming home to his daughter and then saying just the worst shit on succession. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So- I think now is the time that we can oh, yes. go into the pop quiz portion, yes. Jordan. However, where you can ask any questions you'd like to help you decide who has won and who is smart, who is bad. Um, so you can hit us with anything you'd like. 
Uh, and, you know, as always, you can use that information to decide or anything else. Yeah, whatever arbitrary or non-arbitrary way you see fit to judge is, is all in your court. Maybe you have the information you need. Whatever, whatever you don't have, we're ready to provide. Hmm. Uh, well, what do you what do you guys have to say about Demi's grandmother? Oh, Marie. Yeah. Um, it was. She's such a sad figure. It, it's it's tough because well, she's the time that Demi spends with her when they're just living alone when she has that brief moment where she refuses to move again where she's like no I'm not doing this like she puts her foot down and then that brief period of time she spends with Marie where she's like this was the most consistent you know adult figure in my life um really that I had growing up like it is this nice little reprieve from what seems like a a tumultuous childhood but the sad conclusion to that is like she's unable to like uh settle into life like that because that's not what she's used to and eventually she does go uh back to her parents so i don't know i i i i have a soft spot in my heart for maria i think because demi does when she writes about her um and she's there for her more times than just that um yeah marie a lot of a lot of what happens so grace whatever um your thoughts on marie i don't want to step on i mean i think marie obviously had a, a very difficult um time uh growing up raising her mother mm-hmm. dealing with abuse dealing with um many similar things that i think demi's mother had to deal with but i think what 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 we get from murray being in this book is a peek into what happens after like how you pick up those pieces what kind of person you're going to be um and how you deal with that trauma um so i think that we're kind of shown an alternative with the from the way that um demi's mom treats her you know like demi's mom takes the trauma out on her i think demi's grandma has been able to find healthy ways to grow um, and maybe that's because she's a lot older, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And it's also just, it is interesting though, how I, th- I think Marie is also of the mind that like you move away <laughs> from the, yeah, from the I think she, affair. like she, it's I, interesting how there's a combination of like, it feels like she learned from the bad relationship that she was in and reached a place of more stability or of just being being able to be a more stable figure in her granddaughter's life whereas her mom was so stuck in this like push and pull of this relationship with her with Demi's dad that like she never got to that point where she was on solid enough ground to like be there for her daughter um and then after the the father was gone she sort of lost her anchor even though it was a toxic anchor um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's just an interesting, like they both had a lot of similarities and even thought about certain things in the same way, but somehow her grandma was able, able to come, come through it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Both very insightful. Yeah. (laughs) Marie is great. Very insightful. Shouts out to Marie. And then there's that other, like, I can't remember if, um, 
there's like an aunt and uncle or something too that are also decent. So shouts out to them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were they were cool. Were some, I mean, there were some bright lights in there. <laughs> um, I guess for a more traditional pop quiz question, Ooh. aside from aside from Bruce and Ashton, who else was Demi romantically involved with? Uh, she was involved with Fred Moore, um, Emilio, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> um, I do not remember the name of the other guy. Other person. She had um a boyfriend in high school yeah. at one point when she started to like uh, get like through puberty. I remember she was like she courted this guy, um, and he was like popular and stuff, and she thought that would help make her life better but <laughs> it was not helpful because she had to move still there was um oh there's hmm. <laughs> well i can't remember another name i i have trouble remembering it too so it's it's perfectly had, fine mean, the person she had her first and not very pleasant oh like, john cryer she oh, was yeah. involved she with John Cryer, too. Yeah. <laughs> she was involved with John Cryer, yeah. I was going to, uh, yeah, but I was going to say her first sexual experience was with, like, some people down the hall or something from a yeah. from a building that she lived in. But, yes, yeah, she did take John Cryer's virginity, too. They like, apologized for it. Good for John Cryer. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like really good for that guy. She was like, she's like, you know, he was great, and I was on so much cocaine at that point. I do feel bad about my ability to be present for that experience for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just imagined him having like flowers and stuff, and being like, "Oh, Demi, geez, I feel a lot of feelings for you," you know, and her being like, "Let's fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> Like, I wonder how he would write that memory versus yeah. how she wrote that memory. I wonder if he I got. To, I wonder if he started reading <laughs> the book, writes... like, wondering when he was going to get to that part, and it was, like, this <laughs> short, like, little chapter. She included me. Honey, she put me in. <laughs> Where he's like, oh. I hope he writes a memoir that's just the entire thing is about that night. Yeah. It's like My Evening with Demi by John Cryer. <laughs> I'm very my week with Marilyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other questions, Jordan? Or do you feel ready? Who were Demi's friends? Like, there, there are really only a few of them, because, like, we talked about, she doesn't really have any friends. But the friends that she did have, who were they? Um, once she um, moves to Idaho is when she really gets her fun friend, whose name... Oh, escapes me. Who is? It, it's she like a mom a... who's just around who doesn't see her that much as a, uh, uh, like a celebrity. Is I, I'm not. That's that's a real person, right? I'm not making this up. She had like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you're think not her making. Her first it up. friend was her cousin and her f- cousin's friends, who like would like have her be on the cheer squad and oh stuff. yeah 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 that, oh that seemed to like leave an impression and it seemed that like as she got older she was chasing that like being a part of a group like that and, mm-hmm. and it just didn't really happen and then of course there's the charlie's angels era where she kind of has yeah. these real female companions that's like probably a really 
it's interesting how alone she sounds through the rest of her movie career. Like, it, it doesn't sound like she has a lot of friends, especially female friends. Um, yeah. So it was yeah. nice for her to, at that point to have not only, like, a friend, but someone in her job who's, like, her friend that she shows up to set and is, like, doing stuff with her friends. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, she seems to have... In the book, she seems to have a lot of admiration for other women, but it's like she doesn't know how to talk to them. Yeah, so she just like her writes daughters later in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she. <sighs> what a now, sweetie! Now it seems like they're good, but there's a period where they don't speak. <laughs> um. Yeah, which which is rough, and I mean, I had to think about it. Like I had to be kind of like I, I'm on her side, of course, because I'm reading her book. But then I was just like, well, if my mom was like getting fucked up, like what well, when my mom got fucked, where did I go? It's like away. <laughs> like I went away. It, it makes sense, but right. I guess it's just because like I guess maybe because she expresses her the way that we can see her expressing herself. Like it's so clear that it's coming from a place of pain and like not like trying to be shitty yeah. or anything so i'm just like well how, but how can they see that and it's like because they're kids and I, so, yeah, yeah I mean, to you, keep remembering that <laughs> and you, you i think you'd said it earlier like i think that's part of why she started writing about her experiences because she's she had no way they literally cut her off she was like they they will never understand where i was coming from unless i kind of like like, lay it all out yeah <laughs> and i mean down sure, and lay it all out sure. so that they know like what led to this point and how, where i'm coming from when i do these things god i can't imagine like reading that like to being like as the child reading that jesus <laughs> yeah yeah because like even as just like a person who does not know her but like has had similar experience i was just like crying i was just like right. I was crying, but I was also reading it so fast because I was just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, what's going to happen? so many adults so that's so young just, like, fuck her up. Like, we didn't even talk about the fact that she's not her dad's biological daughter. Yeah, it was a a huge Which was a huge revelation, and that distanced her from both her parents at one point. And when she finally does meet her biological father, he introduces her to his mistress first on the way to meeting his new family it's insane the way like Um, so many people just are ready to fuck her up yeah every everyone everyone fails her and i hate it it was so devastating like when she realized that it wasn't her dad like he stopped acting like her dad after that like yeah like it's it's like just the realization of it is able to digest it later like I think that he thought that's how I felt about it like once I knew that he pulled away because he like assumed we I don't know like it's so sad well on that note Jordan (laughs) um, do you feel as if you are ready or would you have any other questions truly either one works you can ask us whatever you want uh, or you can judge our worth as human beings yeah, that's based true. on our opinions <laughs> on this novel. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, all manner of, of methods have been used. So what am I supposed to do again? I'm supposed to choose who knows the book better? Who, who, You're supposed to choose who <laughs> whose opinions are right about the <laughs> who's book are wrong. Are wrong. Who as a person is <laughs> better at who, reading? Yeah. I mean, I think that 
you both have great... I feel like I said this last time. That you both have great <laughs> insights and that I don't want to pick. Like, I just I just don't want to pick. But I will pick for the sake of the show. And also because my edible is kicking in and I really need to walk away from my computer. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Julie. <laughs> yes. Oh. Jordan, thank you. Uh, well, I'm going to keep that point from the one that we actually <laughs> you recorded. You get the ghost point. I so, yeah. It's not a ghost point. It was a point that I worked hard for, Julie. That's true. I did actually steal that point from you, so I can't really sit here and say that it was not earned. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate this point. I will do my best to make you proud in future episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, the last thing we need to do is reveal if we if we read the book. Jordan, do you think we both read the book? Uh, it seems like you both did. Julie, did you read the book? As per usual, I did read the book. I read a good portion of the book. Okay. I, I, I read, <laughs> How much would you I say read, you read uh, of this one? I would say about half. Okay. So. Like, I read a smattering of the chapters. I jumped around a bit um, so that I could get different parts of her life. Um, wow. Well, for, for once, the conclusion is of our podcast is you should read the book. Today, yeah, today just... reading one. <laughs> did I win Station Eleven? Did I win the last one that we did? I think I did. I... Honestly, don't remember. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to well, go back we'll see. And listen. <laughs> Listeners, yeah, go check. Go um, check. We we read a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> we both started new jobs lately. I we don't. I don't know what's going on. Nights. Yeah, we. Well, we're night. trying to keep this going, everybody. <laughs> tweet, <laughs> tweet hashtag. Keep reading. Yeah, tweet hashtag. Keep reading. <laughs> keep reading, Grace. Keep reading, Julie. Um, oh, Julie, what job did you get? I just started as a digital writer with a show called Tuning Out the News, which is on Paramount Plus. So oh yeah! Plus. <laughs> oh yeah! I know. Uh, yeah, I know about that show. Yeah. Yeah. P Great. Plus. Fun little, fun little I thought P yeah. Plus was poop, but <laughs> no, it's. And on sorry. that note, Jordan, is there uh, anything Jordan, you want to follow Jordan? <laughs> Jordan, would you like to promote anything? Uh yeah, I mean I I'm on Twitter. At J O U R D A Y E N. That's also me on Instagram. Um, uh, on the Netflix Film Club YouTube channel, we're doing a show called Black Film School. Um, we have one episode out, and there are four more planned. Uh, Amazing. And uh, there's probably something, but I can't remember it. <laughs> you can read my work and stuff. I'm. Jordan <laughs> is a is a prolific film writer. So if you liked what she had to say about Hollywood and films <laughs> today, look that up. Look up Jordan's podcast, Bad Romance. Oh, you see, you um, remembered my podcast and I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're fans. What can we say? Yeah. Send her an edible if you really liked this episode. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Because she just ate she one. She just used up so one. Now she so needs she more. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, I guess uh, we'll let you go enjoy yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, follow, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Bye.